Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. Thanks for joining us today. Today I have with me Jennifer Sheevy and Courtney Winju. And we are going to shed some light on that famous question that we've gotten as lactation consultants all of our career. What bottle should I use when I'm breastfeeding? Am I right, Jen? How often do we hear that? Every consult. <laughs> yeah. Every and, consult. <laughs> and Jen is a lactation consultant with the BRC and has been with us for how many years, Jen? 14? 14 years. So 14 she, years, yes. She's seen just a few families. So, And Courtney has been with us as an intern, um, not only as a lactation intern, but a social work intern. So she's been hanging out with us for a while and has gotten to hear this question, I'm sure, over and over. Absolutely have. So let's get started, Jen. I remember starting in this business um, we were suggesting a wide-based nipple because uh, we felt that it would open the mouth wider. It would open the mouth and potentially most replicate the breast. Um, and uh, the good majority of bottles are marketed that way as well, too, because that's what some parents think, like, oh, what bottle can I use that's going to be most like the breast? Um, oh, they love to market that, don't they? A lot. Almost all of them. Almost <laughs> all of them. Especially those, uh, like, you know, the the ones that are shaped like it. And, uh, like, sometimes the shape doesn't even replicate the shape. It's like... <laughs> I'm like, my I, nipple doesn't look like that. It does not look like that at all. Nor does like, it feel like that. <laughs> no, no. The Just, like, the texture and uh, the... <laughs> so it's, what was the problem with the wide based? It makes sense. So the problem being that what we like to achieve is for the baby to get around the base of the nipple, the shoulder of the nipple as much as, as they possibly can. And what ended up happening is that the nipple itself tends to be like way too long. And then what ends up happening is they kind of like clamp down and they actually are on their more shallow compared to uh, like a, a different size nipple compared to these uh, wider based, wider like shoulder type of nipples. Yeah, they slid right down to the tip of the nipple. Mm -hmm. So they actually mm -hmm. looked smaller instead of right. no baby would reach their mouth open that wide and keep it wide or right. be able to maintain a seal. Right, exactly. So what are we saying now? <laughs> so ideally what we want to look for, and sometimes it's it's like it, it, 
you would think differently, but some of these narrower nipples actually do end up achieving what it is that, that we're we're looking for um, because the 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 base of the nipple, the shoulder of the nipple or the teat itself allows the baby to get the nipple far back in their mouth. Babies when when they're when they're feeding at the breast, they're breastfeeding. They're not nipple feeding per se. So when we're having a baby that's taking a bottle, we want them to be able to breastfeed on a bottle teat the way that they would at the breast. So uh, the narrower nipples, uh, the nipples that potentially have more of a, like, I kind of say like a, a continuous type of like slope, a gradual type of slope allows that baby to get their mouth further with the nipple, the teeth back further in, uh, in their actual mouth itself. So they're using uh, the muscles, the tongue, the way that they're supposed to versus clamping with their lips and sucking on the, the, the nipple or the teeth like a straw. And so right now we're talking about this, but this is only audio. What do we have to help our listeners, Courtney? <laughs> yeah, so we understand. For those of you listening who are like, I didn't even know bottles had anatomy. They, they sure do. <laughs> and I did have to do a little bit of research on this uh, to just find the succinct terms that are used. So when we look at the, uh, we'll call it like the entire top of the bottle, right? We've got the bottle, actual bottle part, and then we've got the screw top. And the hard plastic part we call a um, shoulder and a collar, excuse me, I'm already getting it wrong, a (laughs) collar, the hard plastic part. And then um, as Jen was describing kind of the base of the the bottle nipple, and you'll hear us saying teat. And in the world of lactation, uh, we've been instructed to say bottle teat as opposed to bottle nipple, but they are synonymous. Um, And so the base of the the bottle cap is called the shoulder and then the the very top is the is the actual teeth or the nipple um so i put together a pdf that, uh, resource that will be tagged in the show notes today so that you might just want to actually go ahead and click that open right now if you haven't already so that you can follow along with some some sort of visuals um and you can also later pop on to our uh Breastfeeding Resource Center Instagram, and we'll have a little bit more of a visual there available for you. Right. That's breastfeeding underscore resource underscore center. Um, That's helpful. So when we think about in the hospital, if babies are offered bottles right from the get-go, you know, are those nipples good? (laughs) And I think I know the answer. (laughs) well we don't want them to be used long term not at all um and uh, you know that's what the options are at that given moment that definitely isn't the the choice like i said long term um and the when you are limited to what it is that you have the the way in which that a baby is fed the bottle is what can make the difference too i will jump in there too and say so oftentimes and and it really depends on the hospital setting i know a lot of local hospitals here that um 
that the BRC IBCLCs work within. Um, sometimes they have like the slow flow formula nipples, formula bottle nipples, and that, that's for those, you know, pre-made two ounce formula bottles. And then sometimes they have the quote unquote normal or regular flow, which really is a super fast flow. Um, and families will be sent home with some formula bottles um, and or some extra bottle nipples uh, to use. And um, what can happen is sometimes they're instructed that these bottle nipples or teats are single use. Other times the nurses or um, medical professionals will, will instruct them, hey, you can rinse these with hot soapy water, let them dry and reuse. So by the time they come to us in an outpatient lactation setting, these bottle teats or nipples are clamped down, like smooshed down um, so much so because they've just been used and used and used. So imagine almost like a paper thin envelope, like smashed down um, and, a, and a baby's trying to suck off of that. Jen, what do you think about that? So the reuse of like those nipples. Yes. Yeah. I've, and I've definitely seen it too. I've had, I've had some, um, indicate some families that have reused them because they just might not have been educated about it. So I've seen that, especially the the like the the rubber latex type ones. Sometimes there has been the silicone ones, but they just they lose their elasticity essentially, and like the way that the baby sucks, they completely um, compress the nipple down, and it's it they babies compensate so yeah to to reuse them not ideal that's not ideal at well, all and in in a hospital setting everything's disposable you know they're like one time use only and you think like well you know that's a little ridiculous to be throwing all this stuff out but you know the manufacturers are making them less uh effective for long term use cuz they know that they're going to be thrown out um, so yeah, really important not to keep using those. But if you know you you're breastfeeding exclusively and you're ready to start your first bottle and you get that question, you know how do you guide someone? As far as introducing the bottle and then uh, the way in which to offer the baby the bottle. Yeah, but like, well, what kind of bottle should? Is the typical question the first question? They don't even ask how; they just want to know which one is the right one. Which one? Um, so I, I would go, again, everything that I just explained about what it is that we're looking for to achieve, what type of, what type of like nipple that we're looking for, um, you know, and then when it, when it comes to like it, naming names and being specific about like a, a particular bottle brand, um, because the, the options out there are, so completely overwhelming yeah. <laughs> and that's what it boils down to so is, we, is we, we start with the narrow base nipple yes yeah I, right. and i think one of the questions i used to ask is, what do you have at home right now <laughs> right there. yeah what what were you what were you given is there anything yeah. that you started out with and a lot of the families do say that they received a, a particular one when it comes to like something from their registry or they ordered the the sample bottle box and uh, there's uh, several different bottles that are in there and uh, i typically lead them more towards the ones that are the the narrow narrow base nipples and what are because some of those right now 
and this is February 7th, 2024, because who knows what's going to be there next month on Amazon when they search it. That might be five more new ones. But right now, what are some of the brands that do have that narrow base? So um, one of the most popular and the one that does come in that bottle box is the Dr. Brown bottle. Um, it does help to achieve, again, the 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 latch on the nipple that we are looking for. Um, but then the Dr. Browns has all those extra pieces inside that sometimes deters family because it's extra cleaning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, What's another one? Another one that, and another popular one as well too, that most families tend to come in here with is the, the Advent natural latch. So uh, there are two different ones between the Avent, that, that one, and as well as the, the Avent um, anti-colic one. The difference between the two nipples is the shoulder or the bulb itself. Sometimes some babies with the, the anti-colic one, they have a more difficult time getting around the bulb, the shoulder, the shoulder of it, because it's, it's, it's not as a, of a gradual like slope, as I say, for babies to be able to really get on deep enough and uh, they end up getting um, shallower on it. So <clears throat> if a family had the, the Avent natural latch, I would say that is a good one to also start with as well. Yeah, because one of theirs used to be really bad, like it had the nipple and the really wide base and it was really firm and you couldn't get the baby's mouth around it. That's the anti-colic one. Okay. The one that they sell now currently. Yeah. But Before, the... like that was the only one when they first, first came out and then they switched. They have the two different ones available now. Yeah. So the natural one's a little bit better. Yes. The nipple's a little confusing though. The, the We're going to discuss flow rates with nipples, but they recently changed the, the numbering on the nipples for the natural latch. So that is another discussion to be had when it comes to those, that particular bottle. Yeah, so we want a narrow base. So we got that part and the flow is huge. So, you know, people used to talk about nipple confusion all the time. And then we found out, well, it's not really confusion about the nipple. It was a preference for the flow of the bottle. And so... Sure. Flow does matter, and um, you know you can turn a bottle upside down and things start dripping <laughs> out of some of them like crazy. Um, is there really a difference between a number one and number two and number three? Oh, absolutely, especially based on what a baby is capable of doing. You know, sometimes their their suck is strong enough that you know they might need to go down to a preemie because they are like so strong in what it is that they're doing versus uh, versus not. And the flow, absolutely, the number absolutely does not correlate because sometimes they'll have like the number and they'll have the age. It doesn't mean just because your baby hits a certain age, like that they have to have a certain nipple size as well too. It all matters on what the baby's capability is. So yeah, that's, and people, that, that's like a whole nother marketing thing, you know, Bottle feeding is different than breastfeeding. And when you go back to work, 
you, you know, you'll see here caregivers or daycare center um, providers saying we need more milk, we need more milk, they should be taking six ounce bottles, seven ounce bottles, really to maintain the breastfeeding relationship long term. We want them to maintain what they typically take at the breast. And right. most of us do not create seven and eight ounces in a sitting. Um, and I think that's a big problem is getting that faster flow so the baby takes more. And when they get bigger, they should get it faster. When In fact, that's not true. It's not. It's not a comfortable way to eat. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Chugging your meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the breastfed babies develop such great muscle tone um, right. from feeding that we want to keep them at the slower one, right? Throughout. As long as they, the way that they are eating and uh, that there is no concerns, they're not taking forever to, to, to eat. They're, there is no average time, but there's a difference of like a baby taking 30 minutes to drink a bottle versus like 12 minutes and like how they're handling it. So, so Jen, what would you say are some typical signs that you see in babies who are frustrated by say the slow flow of, of milk in a bottle? We can absolutely see the difference of them drinking. So uh, the pointers that I point out to parents, especially when baby's feeding at the breast, would be the same thing that they would potentially be doing at the bottle if it wasn't if it wasn't fast enough for like their capability. Um, they they'll be at the breast and uh, I'm at on the bottle. I'm sorry, and you'll see the difference. Like their their suck will kind of be like like choppy. Like, even though the milk is right there in the bottle, you can see that they're just like the, the, the frustration of it's just too slow for what they can do. Um, and uh, sitting there feeding the baby the bottle, you start out with four ounces and say, like, you know, even like five minutes go by and you pull the bottle out and there's still four ounces in there. So that's another thing. And a baby will sometimes, dependent on their age, <laughs> you know, they might fall asleep even at the bottle. Yeah. And Not the little, if they're a little bit older, they'll just get, they'll get mad. They'll literally get mad. <laughs> so you will be able to tell. Yeah. They get a little frustrated. They mm-hmm. sometimes can't even get enough of the feeding and give out before it's over. Um, and that may be a signal to move up to the next level, but that typically doesn't happen until we're talking after uh, six months, 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 months yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And to flip that question, and I, this may be more obvious for some, but not for all, what are some signs that, uh, that uh, this, the flow is too fast for a baby? <laughs> <laughs> so too much, too fast. Uh, baby is literally like guzzling like you you'll see a a bottle go down in in such a short amount of time and when I say short like sometimes some people are like oh yeah my baby took that bottle down in less than five minutes took that like you know four ounce bottle down in less than five minutes um you might also like you can see it in the baby like the uh, gulping is not a correct way to feed especially when it comes to drinking a bottle like you like you want to hear them do that kind of like suck swallow breathe pace and stop when they need to when they're eating um yeah you can tell they're struggling but 
in my experience, the parents view it as they love it. Yes. So that's what I always had to explain to people was just like, he was like, I loved it. He gulped it down in two minutes. I'm like, no, he didn't do it because he wanted to. He did it because he had to. You know, no choice because it kept on coming. (laughs) Yeah. And when you watch babies breastfeed and they suck and swallow, it's rhythmic, it's relaxed, it's not a gulp, you know, suck, gulp, suck, you know, one to one ratio through the whole thing. Um, So I think we have to look at breastfeeding as the norm and try to mimic it. So how can you mimic it with a bottle? Let's say even the slowest flowing bottle um, many times is too fast. What's the best way to replicate breastfeeding so that the baby doesn't get more accustomed to the bottle than the breast? So we have this wonderful technique that is called paste bottle feeding. Um, And there are two uh, ways in order to do this. And uh, we've... uh, previously have taught to our families to hold our baby, hold their babies in a more upright position where you are supporting them at the back of the neck um, and they can be in your lap. So instead of the standard like cradle in your arms, holding the bottle down when they're drinking, you're going to get them up. You're going to sit them up. You're going to make sure that their neck is extended. You're going to make sure that they uh, um, have space in between their chin and their chest and uh, like offer them the bottle. And uh, you you want it to be on the baby's terms, too. The same way that you would do to get the baby to latch to the breast, you would bring that bottle teat to the baby's lips and get them to open up and allow them to latch on. Don't just shove it in their mouth to make them take it. Um, and I often suggest to my families, too, when you're offering that bottle, there does not have to be milk in the nipple right away. Get the bottle in their mouth. Then tilt it just so there's enough milk in the in the actual nipple itself, and then allow baby to start sucking. The angle in which that you would like to hold the bottle is to be more at a like kind of like horizontal with the the, the floor type of angle instead of completely turned over. This yeah, way, it allows to the baby. Hmm? Perpendicular. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this way, um, like a baby can do the work and pull and pull the milk out instead of it being like way too fast at that level for them to to manage it. Yeah. And they came out with the sideline paste bottle mm-hmm. feeding, which I, I love, especially with the smaller babies, because I feel like some parents look very awkward when feeding the baby in the crook of their arm, trying to sit them up and the baby's going forward. Um, so they don't always, they aren't as comfortable as we are because we've been holding babies for so many years to do that pace bottle feeding method in the sitting position. So I love the sideline position. Yes. That, and uh, even myself, because it, it took me some time to, to think about it and like, why are we feeding our babies laying down? Like, is that normal? We don't eat laying down. And then the the major thing that I point out to families is, what is the position that your baby is in when you're breastfeeding? It looks exactly like this. They're also, um, they're supported so much more, their whole body. You can see it in in their body and how they're so much more relaxed in this side-lying 
um, position. And uh, there's multiple ways to actually like do this. Sometimes some people don't feel completely comfortable having the baby in their lap. If you want to, you can uh, you can utilize some sort of a pillow that's right in front of you. You have so many different nursing pillows. You know, position the baby like like they're going to be breastfed, be it the 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 cross cradle hold, which is the hold in the front, or even the football hold on the side. So you can do it that way. Um, there's it, it. It's sometimes it is. It's just harder to get a comfortable position. Yeah, so the side lying with the newborn, they would be lying on your lap mm -hmm. on their side. Right. And, um, or you could place them on something if you're not right. comfortable on the lap. Yeah, and as they get bigger, if they like that position, it's a little harder on your lap. Um, mm hmm and we'll add some videos that we use as resources here at the BRC in the show notes as well. So go ahead and look at those. We have um, a sideline paste bottle feeding video and then more of an upright paste bottle feeding video. Um, and yeah, one thing I like to always do with families is uh, bring a sense of uh, realism to our adult selves too. So I'm like, imagine drinking out of a, you know, a wide mouth water bottle while you're, while you're walking like that. It's, it's hard as is when you're standing still, right? Like the age is hard. We tend to smell, but when you're walking, you're having to coordinate that movement and then also drink your water. And it's just a disaster waiting to happen. I've done it so many times. And just thinking about uh, the baby, the coordination required of a baby and how much, you know, focus, they're just focusing on their suck, swallow, breathe coordination. Um, so making that easier for them and going back to what Jen, both Jen and Colette said earlier is they're, they're drinking so fast when there's a fast flow and the, the bottle's tilted at a 45 degree angle, not because they're super Hulk babies it's because you know they have to right that's yeah. like they adapt to that right. and we do see that at, well, part of the reason we're having this conversation too is we all um all of our you know breastfeeding chestfeeding lactation journeys look different every single individual has a different flow of milk a different pace of letdown power of letdown um so some babies really they I mean most will adapt to what um, the lactating person or parent has. Uh, and so again, that's what we want to try to mimic in the bottle feeding experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't see a lot of other people who are nursing their babies. And so we assume what our body is doing is normal and you know and you have to figure out kind of how fast or how slow your baby tends to be and work with that um you know because there are those kids who chug down ounces in minutes and sometimes you know on the rare occasion i said well maybe we need to go up <laughs> a number because your child is a is accustomed to uh sucking down large volumes really quickly. Um, but most of the time it's pretty relaxed and slow. And so what, when do you, can I start a bottle is the other big question. And what's your answer to that? <laughs> so most of the times, uh, like the recommendation is around about the six week mark. Um, and it, it there actually is a, a window of time too to make sure that you you start that bottle based on what a baby is capable of doing. 
Um, so most most families are already around like anywhere between four and like eight-ish weeks maybe around about then, all depending on what the situation might be, what might be going on. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes people are going back to work by six weeks, so we're going to start a little right. earlier with that baby. So it has, and that, we have that talk, too. We absolutely have that talk, too. If, they're, if they have to go back to work by six weeks, we're going we're gonna to get some introduction in a little bit sooner than that. So it, it, it is all situation based on how things are going, um, you know, what, what might, when a bottle might need to be like introduced. It's, there's always the little, like what I like to say, kind of like subcategories or caveats <laughs> when it comes to the recommendations for offering a bottle versus, uh, you know, you know, what's realistic. Well, and the one thing I always think about is that there are some people that don't go back to work till four or five months, maybe even six months they have off. And so they're like, I have all the time in the world. I don't need to do this. But <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I said that, you know, definitely by a certain time frame that it needs to be introduced. So like if you hit by that like eight ish week mark, like you definitely need to get it in by then, regardless of like if the parent doesn't have to go back to work until later. Right. If the baby's going to need to take a bottle at some point, we want to get yeah. started and then continue practice. I mean, you could do it once a week, but the minute right. you see that child start to fight it or like, what is this? Maybe they won't, don't like it. You want to add some more in and get them back accustomed to it. Cause exactly. you know, there it's, there's a too soon where the baby gets too addicted to the bottle and oops, we went a little too late and they don't want it. So exactly. there's that that window of opportunity we need to look for. Also, so, any other tips? Yeah, so Jenna, I have another question for you. Uh, so say I introduce one bottle feed per day, my baby's six weeks old, will my baby never want to breastfeed again? Oh, that shouldn't be the case. It's only, you're only doing it one, you know, once a day. It's not completely taking over what a baby is is doing at the breast. Of course, there's always exceptions to the rules. <laughs> it's I we can't guarantee that that it's not going to happen, but most likely because you aren't, it's not being done frequently. That shouldn't be the case, right? If the baby has breastfed exclusively for four to six weeks, and you introduce a bottle. They're not going to be like, love this, hate that other thing I've been doing. No, that's right. what they've been doing most of the time. That's what they love. And here's this right. other way. But you see, sometimes if they start getting lots of bottles, more bottles, and they start getting higher volumes from overfeeding with the bottle, then you might see them start to get deterred from the breast um, because the supply isn't there to meet that need. So that's a, a, a huge thing with the introduction with bottles and especially going back to work is um, keep it at a low level. Most right. babies take between three and five ounces of milk at a feeding and forever. It's not right. going to go up, go up, go up. I think that's the biggest miscon misconception for parents is that they're like, well, they're taking three now, so they're going to take five in the next couple of months. You know, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah. No, no. Especially like the, the bigger bottles that are on the market that are nine ounces and they're like, oh my goodness, like these bottles are here. Is that how much my baby's going to be taking? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we are intended as humans, you know, to 
to nurse about eight times a day. And in our society, we keep thinking that they should take more and eat less times a day. Give them more, you know, that's our goal is to get them not to be feeding as much as possible. But it's not technically how it works. They continue to feed that frequently, but it doesn't take up. It's not an, you know, a full-time position anymore. It's like, right, left, we're done 10 minutes later. And, you know, it it doesn't take up your whole day, but the frequency may stay the same. So, Jen and Colette, here's another question for you. Uh, are there babies who just will never, ever take a bottle or is that a fallacy? <laughs> it has happened (laughs) it has happened before but i think it's from not introducing it early enough or i've had babies who the parents introduced it and they're like oh they take it fine and then it becomes a pain in the butt if they're home with the baby to be pumping and having someone feed it when they're right there so they They tend to yeah they just like well the baby took one but that maybe took one this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a few months ago, and now you're going back to work, and they're like, "Nope, not doing it." So that's why we really encourage uh, once you offer to continue practicing periodically, so the baby remembers how to do it. But it's, um, I think, if we get them in that window, and if if the baby's refusing, like go see a lactation consultant. We actually got really good at teaching parents how to bottle feed um, in our years of working with breastfeeding families. So we do have bottle refusal consultations. Yes, um, we will. <laughs> and try to, you know, look at the baby and see what they're angry about and um, kind of help guide the parents with some tips. Yeah, most of the time in situations like that, too, it's 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 not necessarily a preference thing. It's more It's more about a skills thing. So the baby, what they're doing as far as breastfeeding goes, it's, it's what they know. It's what they're comfortable with. And then, uh, you know, there, there is a, like a somewhat different of a skill set when it comes to taking a bottle. And they're like, that's, that's not what I'm used to doing. Why, regardless of whether or not it's the same milk that they get out from mom's breast, it's, it's the way in which it's delivered. So like Colette said, yes, we do have um, bottle refusal consults and we can try through and uh, get your baby to uh, take a bottle <laughs> while you have to be away from them. And sometimes I say, oh, you know, is, who's caring for your baby? They're like, oh, going to daycare. I'm like, they're really good at it. <laughs> if worst comes to worst, let them handle it if you haven't been able to do it. And sometimes it's the, you know, the mother who's home with the baby that's mm-hmm. trying to give the bottles. And the kid's like, are you kidding me? I know what you have under that shirt. Let's stop being silly. <laughs> By putting this thing in my mouth. So it might be better if somebody else tries and, you know, go take a walk around the block while someone else is giving it a try so the baby doesn't knows you're not there. Yeah. There's so many little tips and tricks that I definitely discuss with families when it comes to that too. Like even even that, like I do say that as well too. At the in in the same breath, you know, depending on how old the baby is too. 
Um, sometimes I'm like, they might actually prefer you to give it the bottle, give them the bottle because, because they know who you are. You are their safe person. So it's like, just because one thing that you try, you have to keep the other thing in mind when it comes to situations of offering baby a bottle, you know, distraction is huge too. Like sometimes I'll like say, turn the fan on, look out the window, walk outside. There's so many little, like little things that we try and do. I personally like the bounce and shush method, which <laughs> if you have a yoga ball, you can use that. If not, you can just dance with your child, but you bounce, you dance, and you calm them down a little bit. And they're just like, this feels awesome. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> and yeah. you can slip it's, the bottle in and kind of coerce them into taking that it. That is a very good distraction <laughs> and also just kind of like, 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 co-regulation of their systems of like what is it that's bothering me let me take the focus off of that <laughs> yeah yeah awesome any other tip uh, tips for the perfect teach <laughs> for the perfect <laughs> i do have a couple more questions as i'm really in my brain of some of them we've got here um, um in our consultations um so jenna Clay, if i'm using a certain brand bottle does that mean i should use the same brand pacifier with my baby not necessarily, because sometimes the the pacifier shape is nowhere near what the bottle nipple is like. <laughs> well, you know, you can decide on the pacifier you want and the bottle nipple you want, but guess who's the ultimate decision maker? You the know, baby. The baby, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes even our tips of having, well, these bottles work better. The kid's like, no way. I want to drink yeah. out of this one. So... It can be very expensive for some families if they're struggling that they buy every type of bottle and every type of pacifier to see if they can get the baby to take it. Um, but yeah, so remember, start between four to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And if you run into trouble, get help right away. Um, and then keep practicing. The pace bottle feeding is great. Try the, you know, that uh, narrow nipple is important and a slow flow. But try and make it as much like breastfeeding. Am I right? Yes. I think the last question I have here is I've seen some of those fl flatter bottle nipples on the market. Like it almost looks smushed. How do we how do we feel about those bottles and pacifiers in general? Jen? I mean, my my first thought on it is it that's what we don't want the baby doing at the breast. Um Sometimes some babies' mouths shape better around it, though. It's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell a parent to not use it if it's something that's working for their baby. That's the thing. It, like I will just give it the talk of the way that the baby's tongue mouth is supposed to shape around a flatter nipple is not what we want to be replicated when they are latched to the breast essentially because the flat That's nipple is going to extend in the baby's mouth right if the mother's you know the mother's flat right. nipple is going to extend in the baby's mouth um well That's why can't problem. they make something softer that will compress like our breasts do we, well, we have come across one branded bottle, but we haven't tried it yet in, in office, the, the Emulate. Isn't that how right. it's designed? Yes. yes. Yeah, this is an E-M-U-L-A-I-T. Um, can't, can't share any sort of feedback. 
little feedback here because we haven't um, seen it but yeah. that is how it, it has been marketed with a more more of a pliable almost skin-like um texture to the bottle top itself yeah you can i've definitely looked at it more too one you can you can pick the skin tone <laughs> of it <laughs> yes and and two you can actually like pick the 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 height of the, the nipple on it as well too oh interesting Yes. I'm going to have to look um, that one up. And <laughs> thankfully, Courtney is pregnant. And <laughs> we're going to get to be able to We have experiment. a lot of little things ready for this little nugget and for Courtney and her breasts once this baby is born. <laughs> guinea, guinea pig. I, guinea pig, yes. Awesome. Did you have any other questions, Courtney? Gosh, I, oh, one, just one point of clarification, and you'll see this in the handout as well. And again, this is, I can't back this with any empirical research at the moment, but one thing that we've seen just based off of observation in uh, several client visits is when we do see more of those uh, flat, flatter nipples, and I, just to be helpful, um, by no means to call out, I'll, I'll name a couple of the brands we've seen. Um, so one of them is the Nook. Correct. The nook, the, 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 the nook isn't really flat. Okay. It definitely has like a curved nipple, okay. but it's not flat. The one that, that, that is flat is the man. Okay. I always, I'm going to claim yeah. I always mix those two bottles up in my, in my mind. Um, so, you know, ha if you're curious, have a look um, online just to see the difference between, you know, say like what a ma'am bottle teat looks like as opposed to say a Dr. Brown's or that even flow balance. Um, I used to love to use the ma'am mm. because of the compression. Mark. Yeah. I, I had so much success with that. Are you telling me it's not good or it's good? So uh, I can't say either, right? Um, I, I'm going to be Switzerland here and stay neutral. But what I will say is what we've seen is, and Jen alluded to this in her response just previously, babies that have tethered oral tissue, um, the acronym for that is TOT or TOTS, uh, for those of you who are not familiar who may have seen that and they're like, what is TOTS? Um, and so babies with a, a tongue tie um, or a lip tie, um, particularly the tongue tie, we see that they per actually prefer to uh, sometimes take a pacifier or a bottle with a, with a flatter nipple. And um, again, I try to steer clear of the good and bad language, but as Jen had said, articulated earlier, it's, that's actually not how we want the baby's tongue to shape, um, to shape against the bottle teat or because that's not really what's, what's being mimicked on the breast at, at, with the nipple. Um, so you want kind of that rounding cupping effect of the tongue amidst the nipple or the bottle teat, as opposed to the, like, I call it a conveyor belt tongue that's more like, yeah. as opposed to wave-like. Um, so again, I wouldn't say it's it's a great thing. I wouldn't say it's a terrible thing. The most important thing is that your baby's getting fed. So we are, yeah. as like consultants, going to... Uh, going to gear you in the direction of, of finding the bottle uh, that is helping get your baby fed. Well, I can't, ima can't imagine that the tongue can move in a peristaltic motion with any of those hard silicone nipples. I mean, right. that's the thing about the breast is that the, the tongue pushes yeah. into it. So um, it, I think they lose that. Um, mm -hmm. Funny story when we were talking about, oh, it, 
looks just like my or looks just like mother's nipple or whatever and how weird it was and the nook was super popular now that is a odd shaped nipple it's on an angle and it's kind of bulbous well my first child used to clamp down on me so when he came off my nipple looked like this. so i was like this must be it because it looks just like Little did I know, my nipple should not have looked like that when the child came off the breast. And he didn't take that nipple. So I <laughs> I, I want, I guess the disclaimer here is there's, there's just a large range of relativity, which makes it even hard to have like podcast episodes because we know there's so much variance. And so we, we um, you know, have episodes like these is to hopefully be helpful um, as, as opposed to harmful or misleading. Um, and I, you know, I look at like, say the the bottle the dr brown's bottle teat or like a very rounded evert nipple and i'm like but do our nipples really look like that you know because they are more flexible and pliable and some of us have more neatly flat nipples and the baby is the one that pulls them out of uh, you know pulls them out and inverts them to transfer that milk so our yeah we can look down at our nipple and we're like that does not look like a dr brown's bottle teat not at all <laughs> So, uh, yeah, definitely some difference there. Very interesting. Well, that was insightful, guys. Thank you. And I hope this helps you when you're ready to start your first bottle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Check out all those links for extra help. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.